0: Level three, this is Fortridge. I am Gabo Morenzi, the pips, the players, the hustlers, the people of Boston, and everybody else in between. Kicking it in the late night hours. The countdown is on to a lot of things uh, right now. Countdown is on to the start of the National Football League. Super wild card weekend. Countdown is on to the national championship game, although there's a lot of question marks about Ohio State uh, right now. Uh, But Ohio State says calm down, we'll be there. We'll see you on Monday night. Nick Saban's daughter steps up and takes some shots at the Ohio State because why not everybody else has it. You know you want to upset a father. I, I man I would have liked to heard that phone call when Nick Saban called his daughter Kristen Kristen uh, Kristen decided to tweet. If you're not confident to play then say it. I call BS on the COVID cases they're just worried about their quarterback and want them to have more time to heal. If he's hurt, put in your backup. You don't see us postpone the rest of the season uh, while we wait for Waddle. Bye. Yeah, sounds like a nice girl. Um, she followed up with a second tweet. Oops, did I say something you didn't like uh, that you would say if it was turned around on us? She then deleted both tweets and locked her account. <laughs> she has since then reactivated and posted an in depth apology. I am so sorry. The tweet I posted earlier this evening was uncalled for and hurtful. I made a huge mistake and I apologize. In a moment of frustration, I let my anger get the best of me and acted before thinking. I sincerely regret my choice of reckless words and no way uh, did I intend to undermine the seriousness of a global pandemic. My heart goes out to those who are affected. The health and safety of others is first and foremost. I pray that we can all find peace soon. I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed. I hope you can forgive me, she said in her apology. Well, you know what? I don't forgive you, and you should be ashamed and embarrassed for shame. For shame. Why, well, you're ashamed and embarrassed. Yeah, listen, whatever. Um it is it is what it is. I don't care about her apology and I don't care about her comments in the first place, but I guarantee you her father does. You know, this is, but way to give Ohio State like that dabble, hey, you're the 11th best team in the country. Ohio State aren't scared of you, all right? (laughs) And it pains me as a Michigan fan to say this, but I hope Ohio State kicks the living crap out of it. I really do. I hate the SEC. I'm so sick of you guys, suck it. SEC, suck it.
1: Bring it. Remember that state championship game you played in high school? Yeah. We, we can't get over it either. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: You're listening to a different kind of sports talk. We're not just talk about sports, but talk about sports you can use. Get the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. My name's... My name's Bobby and I am an
0: addict. Hey, Bobby. You know, you folks aren't here because you're gamblers. You are here... Because you are terrible gamblers. Okay, hey, Bobby. These folks don't
3: need to stop doing what they're doing, they just need to get better okay. at
1: it.
0: Late Night Anger Management class continues. I am Rensi, venue your rage. Thanks to Andrew McKinnis uh, for kicking it with us. Uh, Steve Merrill was with us uh, earlier. Cindy Boren uh, will uh, join us from the Washington Post, which is like the, the literally, literally, literally the biggest uh, and busiest newspaper in the world. Uh, right now, as uh, Washington D.C. is on fire uh, every day, and of course, uh, Washington hosts a playoff game. Who would have imagined that? Um, so, listen, we've talked about the point spreads a lot. Um, we just crunched some numbers. Fun times talking about the uh, about the NHL. Looking at the the National Football League uh, right now, FanDuel has some interesting props up. Um, Wildcard Weekend specials, as they're called. So, wild uh, Wildcard Weekend. Highest scoring team of the weekend. The highest scoring team of the weekend. The Baltimore Ravens are listed at plus 470. So let let me just tell you something right now then. All right, so wild card weekend. Highest scoring team of the weekend. Baltimore Ravens plus 470. Buffalo Bills plus 500. New Orleans Saints plus 600. Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 700. Pittsburgh Steelers plus 850. Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans are 9-1. The Tennessee Titans are 9-1. The Ravens are plus 470. I wonder who the sportsbook thinks is going to win that game. All right, Baltimore is plus 470, and they're playing against Tennessee, who is plus 900. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting dynamic when you look at that. Tennessee's defense has been lit up. So, you basically – but, you know, you can ask yourself here – you could actually say that the best value on this board, let me go through all the numbers. So, Baltimore plus 470, highest scoring team. Buffalo's plus 470. Uh, Baltimore's plus 470. Buffalo's plus 500. New Orleans are 6 to 1. Tampa Bay 7 to 1. Pittsburgh 8, 50. Tennessee 9 to 1. Seattle 10 to 1. Colts 12 to 1. Browns 15 to 1. Bears 22 to 1. Rams 22 to 1. Washington football team 26 to one. Wow. <laughs> Big odds. <laughs> Big odds. So, what's the highest total on the board out of all these playoff games? Baltimore and Tennessee. Baltimore and Tennessee. We talk about it, Tennessee Titans 23 and 6 to the over since Tannehill's taken over at quarterback. They can't get any pressure on a quarterback at all. They don't sack anybody, they don't pressure anybody. Wide receivers have a long time to, uh, to get open, cause a problem for them. But Baltimore's plus 470. There's actually value on Tennessee here at 9 to 1. Like, which one of these games is turning into the biggest track meet? Like which one of these games is gonna be a track meet, or which one of these teams is gonna lay down like a beatdown and score a million points? All right, so Indianapolis and Buffalo. Buffalo's offense, very potent. They're averaging 47 points a game over the last three. Since week 12, they're like, you know, the top scoring offense. They're 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 killing it right now. But I don't think they're hanging a 56 spot on Indianapolis here. You know, I don't see that. I don't, you know what I mean? I think I think Buffalo's going to get Buffalo's team total is 30 and a half 20 and 29 and a half 30 and a, 30 and a half. It's been bouncing around depending on where you're going to play. So it's 29 and a half 30 and a half. I think that's reasonable. You know, Buffalo. I think Buffalo scored me personally. I think Buffalo are going to score 34 points against the Colts. I think they're going to score 34 points. I think the Colts are going to score like 24 points. Or 21 points, or it'd be like 34, 23, or in that range, whatever. I think the game goes over, so I think the Bills get into the mid 30s. The Rams and the Seahawks. I don't think any of us here, anybody tuning in right now, say, yeah, yeah. Anyone putting their hand up right now? (laughs) Uh, You know what? You know what, Coach? Put me in, put me in, Coach, because I think the Rams are going to be the highest scoring team. (laughs) Or I think Seattle. Guys, the total is 42 and a half. Total is 42 and a half in this game, so. I get can we play contrarian? I don't see it here, man. Jared Goff has got like, you know, one thumb and the Rams have a devastatingly good defense. Seattle this is going to be a smash mouth game. These teams hate each other. You know, it's 42 and a half for a reason. So neither of these teams are going to be the highest scoring team. Tampa and Washington totals 45. Another low total. So yeah, Buffalo's 51 and a half. The Rams 42 and a half. Uh, Tampa and Washington, 45. Another low total here, 45. Sportsbooks aren't expecting a, you know. We know, listen, man, Alex Smith's got one leg. He also has a strained calf right now. They're talking about Heineke. Uh, We'll get Cindy's thoughts on this. She covers the team. Um, You know, talking about dual quarterback, you know, Smith plays, but they're going to get Heineke in here a bit too just to mix it up. Get some youth in there as well. Have Heineke throwing around, run around a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, I think they're just trying to keep Tampa off guard as well. But Washington are not gonna be the highest scoring team. The only way Washington's the highest scoring team is if they return like three punts for touchdowns and there's like two pick sixes, and they recover a fumble in the end zone. Like they're not gonna be the highest scoring team, and Washington's defense is pretty damn good. Tampa's not going up and down the field on them. I think this game's gonna be like 24-16 or something. You know, I, I think Washington would be close. I think Washington are better on a teaser. They might lose by 9 or 10 or something. I can see them losing 27, 16. You know, but I, you know, I, I, neither team are going to be the highest scoring team. Then we get to Baltimore and Tennessee. So then you get down to, well, who do you like in the game? Who do you like in the game? All right, but let me go on here and let me get to my theory here. Because if you like, I'm going to tell you why, but if you like Baltimore then take them to be the highest-scoring team at a weekend at plus 470. If you like Tennessee, take them to be the highest-scoring. Don't take plus 152 on the money line. Take them plus 900, all right? They're going to be the highest-scoring game. So, therefore, you pick the winner of that game, and you have the highest-scoring team. So, I don't know. Would you rather lay minus 180 on the money line or take the, the plus 470? I'll take the plus 470. Doesn't mean I won't lay the three, but let me go on here. So... Baltimore and Tennessee, the total is 54-and-a-half. Tennessee Titans, the last 29 games, 23 of them have gone over the number. Baltimore Ravens, their offense on fire right now. And, yeah, I understand they played a cupcake schedule over the last five, six weeks. Well, whatever. The Tennessee Titans have a cupcake defense. So it's not like they're stepping up in class here. <laughs> like They're playing another cupcake defense. Um, they've been stopped twice by Tennessee recently, all right, they're they're going to win this game, Baltimore. Baltimore is going to win the game. But totals is 54-and-a-half. So let me ask you, Chicago and New Orleans, you think Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears are going to be the highest-scoring team this weekend? No. Are the New Orleans Saints? No, not on that Bears defense. And, you know, maybe the Saints can get in the 30s. Maybe the Saints are the dark horse here a little bit. But I doubt it. And then you get the Browns and the Steelers. Total's 47 and a half. Same total as it is with Chicago and New Orleans. Chicago and Cleveland is not going to be a track meet, guys. Right? That game is not going to be like you know a, a shootout. So ultimately, in my own personal opinion, my professional opinion, the potential for the highest scoring games are the Indianapolis Colts and the Bills and the Ravens and the Titans. So then, therefore, who are they going to be the highest-scoring teams? The Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills, or Tennessee Titans? So, like I said, if you like the Ravens in this game, and I'm not saying exclusively bet it, but I think it's very sound logic, Spock would be impressed. Spock would be very impressed. The highest-scoring game of the weekend, you pick the winner of the highest-scoring game of the weekend— And you either get plus 470 or plus 900. And if it's not Baltimore or Tennessee, it's because the Buffalo Bills just are crazy hot right now and they hang 48 up on Indy. Late night anger management class. Also a late night degenerate sports gambling class as well. Prove me wrong, people. Prove me wrong
1: relax you don't have to actually play these sports just know about them keep it here this is the sports grid radio network
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: We're here 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks a year. Don't believe us. Never turn us off. You'll see. Keep listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. What's the dumbest bet I ever heard of? I disagree. I disagree.
0: Late night anger management class. People are baffled right now as to why the Texas Longhorn football program tweeted and congratulated uh, Devonta Smith for winning the Heisman. (laughs) They included Coach uh, Sarkeesian in it, but really, Texas, this is what it's come to for you. You're congratulating uh, Alabama on winning Heisman trophies uh, right now. All right, so I am Gable Morenci, City, Bourne of the uh, Washington Post will join us in a couple of minutes. Just taking a look at uh, some of these props over at FanDuel, some fun stuff for the uh, wildcard weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend. I haven't gone out in a long time, actually. It's been, uh, you know, with the pandemic, and also I'm on the air all the time, right? Like, I'm on, like, basically every day. So I don't have a lot of time to go out, like, and sit in a sports bar or something like that. And plus now... A lot of bars are closed, the hours are different, uh, but um you gotta mix it up sometimes, and it is our anniversary, 19 years of sports rage, radio, and TV. So um this weekend, wildcard weekend, my Buffalo Bills are playing, but we're on the West Coast and and the Bills are playing at 10 in the morning. And I'm a hardcore Bills fan, but I'm not waking up at 8 a.m. and getting drunk. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So But I'm not saying I won't get drunk as the day goes on, right? So I watch the Bills game. I'll make a little uh, little bit of an exception. I got to be on. I'll be on with Joe Lisi uh, for this Tennessee game, Tennessee and Baltimore on Sunday afternoon in-game live. I'm actually glad. Last year, and at times, we've rescheduled things where I've done the Bills game, but I'd prefer not to do it, to be honest. Um, you know, but I also prefer that they wouldn't be playing the first game on Saturday, but it is what it is. Uh, it is it is what it is. The Rams and Seahawks would be a big deal on the West Coast on Saturday afternoon. So I do believe, though, highest-scoring team, like I said, logically, the highest-scoring game of the weekend is either going to be Buffalo and Baltimore or uh, Buffalo and Indianapolis or Baltimore and Tennessee, and the Bills could be the highest-scoring team. Yeah, they're on fire right now offensively. You're getting plus 500. And then, like I said, I would basically, you know, you can't play everything. You'd still have a profit even if you played all three here. Baltimore plus 470. Uh, Buffalo plus 500. Tennessee 9-1. to one. But I would take a shot with Buffalo at plus 500 and pick, like, who do you think is going to win the Tennessee game? Like Like I said, like, you know, I'm not laying minus 180 with the Ravens. I'll lay three points with the Ravens or I'll have Ravens and teasers, but I'm also going to take a shot with the Ravens to be the highest scoring team. There's also a prop-up lowest scoring team. The Washington football team, plus 480. Chicago Bears, plus 500. Cleveland Browns, plus 650. Uh, Rams, plus 650. Indianapolis, plus 850. Seahawks, plus 950. Tennessee 10 to 1, Pittsburgh 12 to 1, Tampa 13 to 1, New Orleans 22 to 1, Buffalo 23 to 1, Baltimore 26 to 1. The lowest scoring team, yeah, Washington is the obvious one. I don't think Chicago I think Chicago will score a bit. Like Chicago will score like enough like not to be like shut down completely. Chicago might give New Orleans more than people think actually in this game I think the Bears are actually a little bit of a sleeper in this game uh, Washington's the obvious one at plus 480 we got to think outside the box a little bit the Browns plus 650 now nah, Pittsburgh's not going to completely shut them down the Rams could have problems scoring but so could Seattle here's another sort of one like you know if you like the Rams that means Seattle there's a good chance Seattle don't score a lot of points and Seattle have a great offense at times, but the Rams are capable of holding Seattle to, like, six points. Like, they totally could. Like, they really could. Like, the Rams could come in here. McVay might say, you know what? We're going to bleed the hell out of this clock, and uh, we're going to turn this into a real – we've got a better defense than they do. We've got Ramsey all over Metcalf. The Rams have done a good job of terrorizing Russell Wilson over the years. Like I said, the Rams are were five 5-1, the last six times they played before they played a couple of weeks ago, and they lost twenty to nine. But Goff like broke his thumb, dislocated his thumb mid-game. It was a problem, and he didn't take, he didn't come out of the game, and they didn't fix it or anything. So you got highest scoring team, lowest scoring team uh, posted uh, right now. Uh, quick uh, update as far as the Super Bowl futures are concerned: uh, the Chiefs plus two twenty, Packers plus four eighty, Bills plus uh, seven hundred. New Orleans plus 750, Tampa 10 to 1, Baltimore 11 to 1, Seattle 13 to 1, Pittsburgh 18 to 1, the Rams are 29 to 1, the Titans are 31 to 1, the Colts are 41 to 1, the Browns are 60 to 1, Washington 90 to 1, Bears 100 to 1. Uh, We talked about uh, name the finalist uh, props uh, last night. They now have exact result up right now. So if you want to get cocky and you're going to say, all right, these two teams are going to play in the Super Bowl. And this is what the result is going to be. This is who's going to win. And we all know that the Buffalo Bills are winning the Super Bowl, right? I mean, uh, Mateus, you know that. Buffalo, Buffalo's going to win. What's your Super Bowl prediction, Mateus? What's your two, what's your uh, What's your two, if you said, who's, what teams are going to be playing each other in the Super Bowl? And I'll tell you the odds of what it's going to be.
3: I got the Bills, your Bills, in the Super Bowl for the AFC, and I got the New Orleans Saints coming out of the NFC. Drew Brees Riding into that Super Bowl sunset. I don't know if they'll beat the Bills, but I got the Saints and the Bills in the Super Bowl. All
0: right, but who, who would you say? All right, you got the Bills and the, and the Saints in the Super Bowl. I think that that's 16 to 1. That's 16 to 1 uh, in, in the Super Bowl. Now, for the record, the New Orleans Saints to beat the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl is 28 to 1. The Buffalo Bills. To beat the New Orleans Saints in the Super Bowl is thirty-one to one. Kansas City Chiefs to beat Green Bay is seven to one. Green Bay to beat Kansas City is ten to one right now. These are pretty decent odds. Like if you you know you want to lock in who you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and what's going to happen. Kansas City to beat New Orleans is ten to one. New Orleans to beat Kansas City is thirteen to one. Kansas City to beat Brady and the Bucks is fourteen to one. Kansas City to beat Seattle is 15-1. to 1. That's what I predicted before the year started. Kansas City beat Seattle. Yeah, I am not sure that happens. I do think Green Bay are getting to the Super Bowl, and I think Buffalo are getting into the Super Bowl. But I think that Green Bay have a better chance of getting into the Super Bowl than Buffalo does. Green Bay doesn't have to go to Kansas City. <laughs> so there's, there's the logic there. But I really do think next to the Kansas City Chiefs, Listen, guys. I think the Baltimore Ravens are a little bit of sleepers as well, too. But looking at these numbers here, so Kansas City to beat Seattle, fifteen to one. That's what I said before the year started. Uh, Tampa Bay to beat Kansas City is nineteen to one. That's not happening. Green Bay to beat Buffalo in the Super Bowl, twenty to one. That could happen. Seattle to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl, twenty to one. I don't think Seattle would beat Kansas City. Buffalo to beat Green Bay in the Super Bowl. That could happen, twenty-two to one. So that's, listen, we were talking about this last night, and, and me and Kurtz both agreed. We said a Green Bay Packers Buffalo Bills Super Bowl. So if you think the Green Bay Packers and the Bills are going to play and you think the Packers will win, it's 20 to 1. If you think the Bills are going to beat the Packers in the Super Bowl, it's 22 to 1. The New Orleans Saints to beat the Buffalo Bills, 28 to 1. The Buffalo Bills to beat the uh, Saints, 31 to 1. Green Bay Packers to beat the Ravens, 32 to 1. Ravens to beat the Packers, 35 to 1. Chiefs to beat the Rams, 35 to one. Bills to beat the Seahawks, 38 to one. Bills to beat the Buccaneers, 38 to one. Buccaneers to beat the Bills, 38 to one. Saints to beat the Ravens, 42 to one. Wheres some Ravens to win? All right, Seattle to beat Buffalo 43. so here we go. Baltimore to beat New Orleans, 45 to one. Baltimore to beat Seattle, 65 to one. Interesting. Got some real interesting, uh, like, I don't know. If somebody wants to throw, throw like a crazy combination at me. And I'll tell you. You don't want to see, what do you think is the most unlikely Super Bowl matchup? <laughs> There's a few of them. The most unlikely Super Bowl matchups, according to the sports book, the Cleveland Browns and the Seattle Seahawks. That's 240 to 1. The Cleveland Browns to beat Seattle in the Super Bowl is 240 to 1. The Washington football team to beat the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl, which they actually have done before, is 250 to one. Not enough odds, is it? Like, really? Like so, so Washington's going to go to the Super Bowl and Buffalo's going to go to the Super Bowl? And, and Washington's going to beat Buffalo? Come on. I need 2,500 to one, not 250 to one. That's, 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 not, that's not enough odds. You know, it's it's not always chalk that gets there, but it usually is, actually. The teams with the bye normally get to the Super Bowl, and this year it's even more highlighted because the other teams that don't have a bye, they have to play three games. Normally one of the other teams will only play two games, right? So it it's a disadvantage for them. It's a big advantage to have a bye this year. It just is. You know, it's even more so this year. So I understand the chalk element of it. And I think, listen, I'm being a little bit hopeful about the Bills. The Bills are a very good team. Metrics-wise, they're the best team in the NFL right now. But metrics don't mean Jack, right? And Josh Josh Allen's never won a playoff game before. Sean McDermott's never won a playoff game before. But he has been in a Super Bowl before as a defensive coordinator. So he's, he's had success in the playoffs. Stephon Diggs has had success in the playoffs. It's time for it to all to come together. I think it can, but winning four games to win the Super Bowl is not going to be easy, even for the Buffalo Bills offense right now. All right, we'll get into Washington and Tampa on the other side. Ed Moore, Sports race Late Night continues. Right
1: here, Sydney Bull. What is the winning edge? It's sports news you can use. And you can only get it right, right here the net sports talk right here you're listening to the sports grid radio network
0: sports rage late night continues i am gable morancy let's go to the nation's capital uh, right now and talk about the washington football team's big matchup against the tampa bay buccaneers cindy boren steps up and in from the washington post happy new year cindy thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us tonight
3: happy new year to you too and happy nfl playoffs. Yeah, happy NFL playoffs, and I'm sure a
0: lot of people in uh, the District of Columbia were not expecting uh, this year. But I guess it's fitting, you know, 2020 was as crazy as of a year as it can get um, in modern history, from the pandemic to politics and everything else uh, in between. It must be nice for football fans in the area, actually, to be able to enjoy a football game. I mean, let's be real. You guys have been in the eye of the storm for the last four years. (laughs)
3: Oh, for for twenty years under the ownership of Dan Snyder, really. Um, you know, the, the 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 fandom here has has waned um, somewhat because of that, because they don't win, because of all the problems they've had. You know, all the, the starts and stops. They get RG three, and then he gets hurt. Yeah, I don't have to go go in over this ancient history. And uh, I think people were a little a little leery this year just because they started so poor and the division was so awful. Uh, and yet here they are there. The team is in the playoffs. So anything can happen. Sure. They're, they've got a horrible record, uh, but you know, you're in the playoffs. So what you've got a you've got a home game. It doesn't mean much because the stadium will be empty, but um, it's, kind of uplifting I think people are a little more interested in the team now than they have been and there are a couple of exciting players on the team that that I think are kind of pulling people back
0: as you know as everyone knows exactly you know the ownership group has always been so polarizing over the years Um, Mm -hmm. but but without being stated the players and the coaching staff it's hard not to like these guys like how, are, yeah. how, like, how do people nationally, like people, how, how, no one says anything bad about Alex Smith. Everybody loves Alex Smith. Ron Rivera, oh, yeah. it was so cliche at the time, Cindy, people said, Ron Rivera is just the right guy for this team at the right time right now. Remember, yep. there was a controversy about the name and everything and, uh, you know, lawsuits that they're like, um, Rivera will bring some credibility to this. But it really did play out, like it really has played out. Mm-hmm. And from you know, talk to me just about the chemistry because it's one thing when I watch this football team; they clearly do like each other. And although he's so young, I mean, talk to me about what a leader Chase Young actually is. Nothing but positivity on the sidelines from this kid.
3: You know, all throughout the Snyder era, they've always had players who were who were decent guys. The locker room was always a pretty good place. And they brought in um, Ron Rivera, and he took over, he really took control uh, with the turmoil in the front office and Snyder's ownership and you know all the lawsuits. He really took control, and he has been the guy who is in charge, and it, he has run the organization from top to bottom, really, despite his chemotherapy for cancer. He has. Uh, he was one of the driving forces behind getting Chase Young. He was the driving force behind getting rid of the the one problem they had in that locker room, which was quarterback Dwayne Haskins. He's gone, and um, you know Chase Young is is just a remarkable player. He's he's going to deal Tom Brady some fits, I think, on on Saturday night. And Montez Sweat has played really well, but um, Chase Young is is. He's just a feel good player in addition to being really good. After the game uh, last Sunday night, he was on the field with FaceTiming with his mom, as he so often does. He he walks the field and FaceTimes with her. And it's just, you know, it's just kind of heartwarming and cool to see a young kid do that. And then, of course, (laughs) he plays really, really
0: well. Yeah, you know, it's funny because you can't really compare his his off field personality to his on field play because they are so yeah they're so the dichotomy is so big uh city and i know i know it's strong words and i didn't say this uh but you know during the broadcast on sunday night the name ray lewis kept coming up they just said you know yeah. he's got this ray lewis thing about him that he's inspirational to everybody around him and he leads by example you know on the field And inspirational off of it; those are strong words for a kid that's playing in his first year in the National Football League.
3: And there were some questions. I I think I don't think anyone really questioned whether he was he was worthy of being the the second pick in the draft. But he certainly exceeded expectations, uh, even for a number two pick. Um, You know, he's he's just been he's been everything they could have wanted, really, in that in that position in in that player. And you know, I, I think. Probably they've, the Redskins have had some good defensive player players over the years. Ryan Kerrigan has certainly had had his best years, uh, and you know Sean Taylor, um, different little different position, but you know Sean Taylor was such a, yeah. a strong force for the the, the former um, team form, team formerly known as the Redskins, and it, 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 you just kind of look at this kid and you kind of see. I don't know, you kind of look 12, 15 years down the line and you're like, oh, boy, this is just going to be great to watch watch him evolve. Uh, Even anymore. though the game said, you know, Sunday night was yeah. terrible. And, the, you know, <laughs> um, well,
0: that, the Eagles. That is what it is. That is what it is. Yeah. That's that's another yeah. story. That's another story. But, I, you know, I'm glad you sort of brought that up. And just quickly, as far as that's concerned, if you look, look, Joe Judge is the coach of a six-win team. Did a good job this year. But, bro, you won six games. Like, chill out. Stop, like, pointing the finger at other teams. You know, Jerry Jones was comparing, you know, Jerry Jones thought because he lost Dak Prescott uh, that the sky had fallen, and he had that built-in excuse. Um, the Philadelphia Eagle players, they, that locker room has been a mess. Basically, it seems like everybody in the division were sort of prima donna complained all the time. There was always drama, and there was the Haskins drama, but – Washington kept their eye on the prize, it seemed to me. Like, they were the mentally toughest ones to come out of the division, uh, in my opinion. I think it was almost fitting that they did actually win when it was all said and done. They had the least drama when you take away the Dwayne Haskins stuff.
3: Yeah, yeah. And it had to be very inspirational for them, too, to see what Rivera was going through as he was having chemotherapy. Um, There were some times when he could... Uh, He could barely coach. He had to be helped onto the field. Uh, There were times when he would get IV fluids uh, to to keep going. It it was a really grueling thing. You kind of look at him and you think, oh, it must not have been that bad. But it really was. And uh, the the stories are just so inspirational. And, of course, (laughs) so is Alex Smith. But uh, uh, they're just such heartwarming stories. And I think that was something that the players kind of uh, rallied around, too.
0: How much should we buy into the fact uh, right now with Alex Smith? He's got the strained calf and probably 92 Mm -hmm. million other things that he's fighting through. Do you really think we see two quarterbacks as um, Ron Rivera? says it's a distinct possibility that Heineke and Alex Smith both play in this football game due to the aggressiveness uh, of the, you know, listen, Tampa Blitz all the time. And they think maybe getting Heineke in here to mix things up a little bit helps. Do you think we actually see this, Cindy, with two quarterback quarterback system?
3: I think I do actually believe him when he says that. I know it's always dangerous to believe coaches (laughs) when they say things, particularly as the playoffs arrive. But I think there is that distinct possibility. Um, This is the calf muscle, of course, in his surgically, multiple times surgically repaired right leg. And it's not it's not a normal right leg, so this isn't a normal injury. And if you saw, saw him Sunday night and you know could bear to watch, uh, he, he's not mobile. It's a little frightening. And frankly, I think a lot of people in Washington who are, are so moved by his story just kind of look at it when he's on the field and it's like uh, they're just nervous, you know, because no one wants to see you, you know, it's it's almost hard to enjoy with every every time he gets sacked or, or tackled, um, and and yet you're rooting for him. So it's you know, talk about a, a whole you know mess of emotions going through going through most fans here, I think. But uh, I I think he's going to be extremely limited. I think the Tampa Bay defense is <laughs> what it is, as you said. And uh, I, I think they're going to have to be kind of careful with him.
0: You know, it's an interesting matchup in which Washington, as everyone knows, Washington can create pressure. Washington have a great defensive yeah. line, yeah. Got great defensive players, and it's always sort of been one of the things that Brady. If you're going to oh. get to Brady, <laughs> you've got to get to him fast and make him. You're not going to sack him, but he'll throw it away at least. You can disrupt the offense a little bit, but. I got to tell you what, this defense has carried this football team city, but it's like carrying a a jumbo jetliner on their backs coming into this game. Not impossible though. Not impossible. I think they can make this a close game, but you know, I don't know like the defense going to have to score. Where do the points come from for Washington to keep up? They got to score 24, 27 points. Don't they?
3: I think they do. And I I think you raise a good point. Uh, I, the, what are they going to do against, you know, a big player like Gronkowski? They don't necessarily have the great size there in the secondary beyond the, the the defensive line. But, of course, we've seen over the years, how many times have you seen Brady? He does not like it when people are at his feet. He does not like to be pressured, even though he gets rid of the ball fast. Uh, how much faster can he get rid of it? I guess we're going to find out. I, I think that he will definitely be pressured he will be, I think, if you look at the stats over the, the primetime games, um, he hasn't done very well this year. I think he was something like one and five or something. Did I? Amazing, uh, don't isn't quote it? Me on that. No, Cindy, yeah, it's you're not right. Good. I
0: said this, Cindy. We broke it down. And I said on last night's show, I did a little, uh, a little quick trivia tease. You know, everybody rips every, oh, golf sucks. This guy's terrible. Oh, Washington, they can't, everyone's terrible. I said, well, guys, one quarterback that's playing this weekend is one in six in his last seven primetime games and 0 and seven against the spread if you're betting on him. Nobody, not too many people picked Tom Brady. <laughs> not too many people yeah. picked. It's one game, right? And, and the last thing, and I'm sure, you know, I don't need to tell you, Cindy, but in, of course, bizarre world fashion, the last two teams to win seven games and get in the playoffs actually won the games outright. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I think you can you can note all those things, but then you can also say, are you really going to bet against Tom Brady in the playoffs? Um, this is Tom Brady. This isn't Tom Brady from last year when he had absolutely no talent whatsoever when he was with the Patriots. I mean, that, that was not a good offense. And... This year he's loaded. His team is loaded. There is some uh, some question about Mike Evans with his knee, uh, but he managed to avoid the devastating injury that they they feared. The uh, uh, Antonio Brown stepped up. Can Antonio Brown keep stepping up? I guess we'll find out. Uh, I, I just think I probably would tip a little toward tampa bay but not by much i think it will be close and I, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if the washington football team won it
0: you know nothing would surprise me nothing would surprise me because it's 2020 2021 right now <laughs> and it wouldn't surprise yeah. me just because you know a lot of crazy things seem to be happening in washington recently so uh this would just yeah. be a little little icing on the cake uh at the end of the week uh here cindy it was great to catch up with you uh, Washington uh, Post, uh, you know, probably the busiest newspaper in the world uh, right now. Uh, congratulations <laughs> on the success uh, there. Um, happy New Year. Enjoy the game. Always a pleasure, City. Thanks for taking the time to be with us.
3: Thanks. It was great to talk to you.
0: There's uh, City Bourne on the Washington Post with us. Yeah, imagine, like, you know, Washington win the Super Bowl and it might not be front page news in that city with everything that's going on. Sports race late night continues.
1: You can listen to SportsGrid on the radio, TV, or the internet. A technology grand. Keep it here on the SportsGrid radio network.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: As you continue listening to Sports Grid, ask yourself, and be honest, am I listening enough? Probably not. 16 hours a day. That's all we ask. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.
2: Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby.
0: Late night anger management class. Thanks to a Cindy Bourne from the Washington Post for joining us. Fun show this evening. Thanks to uh, McKinnis kicking it. Steve Merrill. Uh, the Wicked Wednesday is always uh, off uh, the hook. Of course, uh, Bob Banno, the Raging Redhead, Cam Stewart. We're also going to talk some New Orleans Saint, uh football. Uh, we've been talking Bama football later in the week. Uh, Thursday night, we launch Sirius XM. Uh, Teddy Covers will step up and in. And uh, we'll also set up a uh, fun-looking uh, lineup uh, for the rest of the week. It's a great time right now to be a sports uh, better, to be a football uh, better specifically, and if you were an underdog underdog better tonight in the NBA uh, as well. man, the underdogs really stepped up large uh, this evening. I like the Chicago Bulls, and I got cold feet due to, oh, this guy's out with COVID and this guy and that guy. And I'll tell you what, um, I don't care what sport it is. It seems like, you know, you look at college football. How many times did we see that this year? Oh, this team um, is going to be missing nine guys. The point spread would move like three points and win the game outright. People would bet against that team uh, or they would stay away. So I'm fired up, though. I'm I'm, I'm just glad we're getting through the week here. It's all we're trying to do without, like, losing all our money betting on basketball. I just wish I really would have stepped up tonight. Like, look, Chicago wins outright. Nine-and-a-half-point underdogs. San Antonio win outright. Uh, Also, big underdogs against the Clippers. Uh, Denver. Uh, Denver wins the game, but Minnesota covers the number. The Lakers win the game, but Memphis covers the number. Brooklyn were four-and-a-half-point underdogs, and they won by 34. Wow. Underdogs, 5-0 ATS this evening in the association. And, of course, it was on Monday night that I stepped up and took all the underdogs. (laughs) You know what? I'm like Merrill, and Steve Merrill was with us earlier, and he said, you know, I'm kind of happy I just went one and one. It's better than going 0-2. And And, uh, we went three and three tonight, so, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. What time do they kick those games off, anyway? Sports Rage Late Night.
1: Vent your rage. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Since you were a little kid, you've always loved sports. So have we. One of us. One of us. One of us. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.